The Rookie Leaders Podcast, Episode 57, Marine Corps Leadership Trait of Bearing. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. As always, you know that I'm so grateful that you are tuned in to today's episode. Thank you so much for doing that. As I always say, I know you could be doing other things with your very valuable time. You've chosen to spend this time with me. Thank you so much for that. Today, we're going to uh, carry on in our series through the 14 Marine Corps leadership traits. We're going to be talking today about the B, you may you can go all the way back to, I think it's episode 46, and you can get an overview of all 14 of the leadership traits. And the the acronym, JJ did tie buckle. We've gone through JJ and did and tie, and now we're in the last word of the acronym there, buckle. We're in the letter B. We're going to be talking about bearing, probably a topic that needs a lot of explanation because it's not a word that we use a lot in, uh, you know, in the, in the, um, in the corporate world, it's used an awful lot in the uh, military world, but not so much in the corporate world. So we'll talk through that. And as always, I'll leave you with some some tips, some suggestions on how you can maintain bearing in your leadership. But before I do that, let me um, let me talk to you a little bit about the the leadership calculator, uh, the leadership calculator that we've developed. I encourage you to go and check it out. It's uh, you can find the URL. It's theleadershipcalculator.com. Uh, this is a calculator that is designed to measure your leadership effectiveness. It even has, excuse me, it even has the capability for you to share this assessment with your team members so that they can assess your leadership effectiveness. Now, this is important because it takes all the guesswork. It takes all the subjectivity and kind of the 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 emotions, if you will, out of trying to measure leadership effectiveness. It also measures that in real time. So it's not, you know, an annual performance review type of measurement that looks backwards to see how well your leadership was. It, it's not a scoreboard at the end of a football game. At the end of the football game, looking at the scoreboard, it's too late. But this is a leadership calculator that will tell you real-time data um, as to how well you are leading. And then it gives you insights. The reports that you get from that assessment gives you insight into how can you increase your leadership effectiveness? What areas of leadership do you need to work on to increase your leadership effectiveness? Uh, And as you do those things, as you work on those areas of your leadership, later on, you can then remeasure, recalculate your leadership effectiveness by using the calculator again, And then you can see your leadership effectiveness growing. So again, check that out. It's a free resource to you, a free calculator to you. TheLeadershipCalculator.com. Be sure you check that out. Now, let's jump into today's Marine Corps leadership trait. We're going to be talking about the word bearing in the acronym JJ did tie buckle. So let me first of all, let me first of all kind of talk about, well, what does this word even mean? Because the word bearing is not a 
word that we often use in the corporate world, but when you're in a military setting, you hear this word used a lot. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I heard the phrase, don't lose your bearing, um, yelled at me and and others uh, in my platoon or in my unit. Uh, I heard this phrase many, many times. So let's talk about, well, what does it even, what does it even mean? And then as always, we will consult the Marine Corps manual and we'll talk about the definition, significance, and, and some examples that are noted there in the manual. But first I'll just say this. So the word bearing, we would probably in the corporate world use the word composure instead, right? We would probably use some phrase like, you know, don't lose your composure um, as opposed to don't use your bearing, but it kind of means the same thing, right? It's this, it's this, um, this act of carrying yourself or conducting yourself uh, in a manner that, uh, you know, is, is steadfast. It is, is solid. It's, uh, it's grounded, right? It's not a, it's not a chaotic behavior. It's not, a, not an emotional or a ra- irrational behavior, but it's to conduct yourself in a, in a rational, uh, calm, uh, in a collected manner. Okay. So again, this is what, uh, in the military, we, we call it bearing, uh, in the corporate world, we may call it composure, but let's talk about from the Marine Corps manual. What is the definition of bearing? Okay. So the definition of, of bearing here in the Marine Corps manual is this creating a favorable impression in carriage, appearance, and personal conduct at all times. Okay. So let's break that down just a little bit. So it's creating a favorable impression in three kind of areas, if you will. First of all, in carriage, in appearance, and in personal conduct. So let me kind of pick on each of those in uh, in an order that seems logical to me. First of all, in appearance. I, I think everyone is probably aware of the importance of appearance for military personnel, whether we are in our camouflage utilities or we were in our, uh, you know, dress uniform, our dress blues, or even our service alpha uniforms, it was always very, very important that our appearance was very squared away, right? That that we appeared very nicely, that our boots were shined, Uh, even our camouflage utilities if we were not in the field training, it was expected that our camouflage utilities would be very well pressed, that there would be creases in the appropriate places. There would be a single crease in the appropriate places. You know, all the pockets and covers of the pockets and all were, were ironed or pressed very flat and so forth. Uh, the boots would need to be uh, shined very, very well. Um, only in inspections and things like that were spit shines expected, but your your boots had to always have a, a shiny appearance. Haircuts for us in the Marine Corps, haircuts were um, were always um, something that we had to maintain. I mean, I had to get my haircut once a week um, just to ensure that it didn't get too long to uh, uh, such that it wouldn't. Uh, give off this uh, this squared away appearance. We had to shave every single day. Uh, you couldn't go a day without shaving because it didn't carry this appearance that was necessary, right? So that's the first of the three areas of care- creating this favorable impression. First of all, in your appearance. Okay? 
this is this is important to, and true too. Also in the in the corporate world, right? I mean, you can't lead well if uh, from appearance wise you just look like a slouch, right? I mean, if you're just kind of leading from a, a you know a, you're wearing your uh, you know your sweatpants and your old ratty t-shirt with holes in it if that's kind of the appearance that you're giving off then you're not going to be able to lead effectively now in no way am i talking about you have to be um you know so uh, uh prestigious with your with your the attire that you wear i mean you don't have to wear a suit and expensive clothing fancy shoes you don't have to wear all of those things but you have to give off this impression, this appearance, this appearance that you care about your appearance, right? That you put forth the effort to make sure that your appearance looks good. Okay. Now, the second one in that, that I think is important to, uh, to discuss is the carriage, right? So it talks about creating a favorable impression in carriage and appearance. So in carriage, so this is the way that you carry yourself, right? This is the way that you walk through the halls, this is the way uh, of your, you know, walk through the halls of your office. This is the way that you uh, pass by other team members as you are on your way to a meeting or wherever it might be. This is the way you carry yourself. Okay, so think about it this way. If you carry yourself in such a way that you are just always in a hurry, always in a rush, you're just kind of running through the hallways to get from meeting to meeting or, or whatever it might be then you're carrying yourself in a way that tells your team members you're so important or your time is so important, your time maybe is so mismanaged that you don't have time for them, right? So that's the way you're carrying yourself in a way that leaves a, a negative impression with your team members. Uh, at the same time, if you're just kind of uh, carrying your carrying yourself around with uh, with this nonchalant attitude that nothing matters, you don't care about anything, then again, you're conveying a negative message to your team that uh, you don't find the work, the activity important. Okay, so it's important that you carry yourself. You um, and I'm trying not to use the word conduct yourself because. That's the third part here, but it's it's important that you carry yourself in a way that um, portrays to gives the impression to your team members that you care about the work, that you care about them, that everything is you know those things are important to you. So, as the example I used earlier, you, if you're just kind of running through the hallways all the time, slow down. So that you can take the time, if you've passed someone in the hall, you can stop and say hello, you can call them by their name, you can ask them how they're doing, how's their family doing, you can have that short conversation with them that uh, means you're carrying yourself in a way that leaves a favorable impression with that team member, okay? So how you carry yourself is important here. And then finally, and personal conduct personal conduct so this is how you behave right this is not your words this is your actions these are your deeds the things that you do the, the way that you conduct yourself now personal conduct here is <clears throat> i think there's two two aspects of this how you conduct yourself in private when you feel like no one is looking we've talked about this before 
as a leader, you should never feel like no one's looking because someone is always looking. But how do you conduct yourself when there shouldn't shouldn't be anyone looking, right? When no one notices, how are you conducting yourself? But then certainly it's a, a personal conduct of how are you behaving? How are you conducting yourself in public when everyone is seeing you, right? When a team meeting and things like that. But then the last part of this definition, I think, is really, really important. So it talks about creating a favorable impression in carriage, appearance, and personal conduct at all times. And I believe that's so important in that definition because here's the reality. Here's the truth. Maintaining your bearing or maintaining your composure when everything is going wonderful is really, really easy. If you're going to lose your bearing, it's going to be when things are really, really difficult, when when chaos has struck, right? That's when you're going to lose your bearing. And this definition doesn't allow room for even those those momentary lapses in uh, in losing your bearing at the most chaotic of times. The definition specifically talks about we are maintaining this this favorable impression of the way we carry ourselves in our appearance, and in our conduct, and we're doing that at all times. There are no exceptions to that definition, right? So that's the definition, according to the Marine Corps manual, of the word bearing. Let's talk about the significance as noted here in the manual. It talks about this, the ability to look, talk, and act like a leader, whether or not these manifestations indicate one's true feelings. Now, I love that that explanation of the significance of bearing in the Marine Corps manual. Now, some people will call this fake it until you make it. Now, I don't believe that's what the Marine Corps manual is, is teaching here. And I don't believe that's uh, the best way to lead. But what I love about this is even in the Marine Corps manual, it acknowledges the fact that as leaders, there are times when we don't feel like we're leading well. Or there are times when we don't feel like we're up to the task. In today's corporate world, a lot of times we will hear this referred to as imposter syndrome. And really what that is, is it's this feeling that, um, you know, it's a feeling of who am I to lead this team, right? And basically what you're thinking, what you're feeling inside yourself is that, you in some way are inferior, that you in some way are not up to the task of leading this team in the, in the, in the time that is necessary or, or the size of the team or the task at hand. You feel in some way that you're in, incapable uh, of leading in that way. And I love the fact that the Marine Corps Manual acknowledges that every single one of us as leaders at times feel that way. But it talks about the ability to look, talk, and act like a leader is important. So if I can maintain my my bearing, right? if I can maintain this favorable impression in the way I carry myself, in the appearance, and in my personal conduct, then it will change the feelings that I have about inadequacy of leading the team. And that is so often a truth, I believe, that we that we overlook or we don't understand as it relates to overcoming this imposter syndrome as is a popular term today. Actions are the only thing that overcome fear. And so if we will 
shine our boots, if we will press our uniform, if we will carry ourselves in a way that looks confident, then it begins to change the narrative in our mind and it it begins to change the confidence level that we have that we can lead a team effectively, right? So just know that you may feel some sense of insecurity or lack of confidence. And if you want to turn that around, if you want to change that, then you want to take the action necessary to to look and talk and act like a leader because those actions, those actions, even in the face of your fears, that's what will turn this around for you. That's what will give you the confidence. That's what will overcome the imposter syndrome that you're having and allow you to lead the team effectively. Now, let's talk about the example, the examples that um, are noted here in the Marine Corps Manual. Uh, the examples are this, um, wearing clean uniforms. So again, uh, unless you're out in a field training in some way and they get dirty, your uniforms, your boots. It also ca- talks about collar devices. So wearing clean uniforms, boots, and collar devices. Collar devices in the Marine Corps would be your ranking sig- rank insignia that is pinned in the, uh, the tips of your collar. Uh, those are intended to be black. Those are actually metal. And then they're painted black, and so you'd never want them to be worn to the point you could see the metal underneath the black. So you just want to maintain that that really, really good uniform appearance. It talks about this uh, as an example, avoiding profane and vulgar language. It talks about keeping a trim and fit appearance. Now, I have to say this, that second part of that example, I find comical. This avoiding profane and vulgar language. Uh, I find that comical because profanity is the norm in military language. Uh, if you've never been in the military, maybe you didn't know that, you don't, you don't recognize that. But profanity is the norm in the military language. Uh, it's just used rampantly. Um, and I would suggest to you that this, in the military setting anyway, this definition is not necessarily saying, you know, don't use profanity because again, it, it's the norm. But even in the military setting, you can tell when a profane word is used in anger and frustration and things like that. And that's what it's talking about. And, and we'll get to that as we as we talk about uh, uh, maintaining our bearing in the in the corporate world, right? Because that's where I believe in the corporate world, we as leaders, lose our bearing the most. It's when we get frustrated. It's when we get angry, when we get disappointed, um, and also when we're faced as leaders with some type of crisis, some type of chaos that we're trying to lead the team through. That's when we lose our bearing. So in the corporate world, I would suggest to you that using profanity is probably a bad thing, period. But that's just because in the corporate world, the use of profanity is not the norm the way it is in the military. But especially if it's used in a way that expresses frustration and anger, disappointment, those types of emotional feelings, then you've lost your bearing. And that's when it usually happens to us as leaders in the corporate world. So let me, uh, having shared all that with you from the Marine Corps manual, let me share a few tips from you with you that... Uh, I've used in my own leadership that I believe helps me to maintain my bearing. And, and again, let's recognize that in the corporate world, normally when we lose our bearing, it's when we as the leader, 
we've become very frustrated, very angry, uh, disappointed, or stressed out uh, because of a, a crisis of some sort. And it's really losing our bearing really comes down to allowing our emotions to guide the way that we react or behave, right? When we allow our emotions to drive our response or the way that we respond to something or the way that we say something or what we say as a leader, that's when we've lost our bearing. When we, when we allow our emotions to drive the, that type of leadership conduct or that, that conduct in, in us, right? So, so let's talk about a few ways that we can maintain our bearing, that we can avoid allowing these emotions to kind of take charge and, and lead the way that we, uh, that we respond. The first is this, adopt an attitude of extreme ownership. There's a great book out there uh, entitled Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink, Leif Babin wrote the book uh, several years back. Really great book, highly recommend it. But it talks about this idea of uh, the best leaders have this attitude of extreme ownership. Even if a failure is due to someone on the team did something wrong or made some mistake, as the leader, you have to be willing to take extreme ownership of that. You take ownership. Of now, the beauty of this is, if you take ownership of all the failures of your team, that means you can change them. You can correct them. If you blame all the other team members on your team, you can't necessarily control the correction of those failures. But if you own these failures that would frustrate you, that would anger you, that would disappoint you, then you can change them. And that's what can help you with maintaining your bearing during these situations where emotions may get charged and you otherwise would behave in a way that would be losing your bearing. If you see something that angers you or frustrates you or disappoints you, then if you just have an attitude of, well, this is on me, right? I own this situation. Therefore, I can change this situation. I will do the things necessary. I will train the team necessary. I will lead the team in a way that's necessary to correct this thing such that I won't be frustrated anymore or angry anymore. The first thing that you can do is adopt this attitude of extreme ownership, because if you can change it, then you go about doing that, whatever's necessary to change it. And no longer is it going to frustrate you or anger you. So you've, you've worked the emotions out, right? So you're maintaining your bearings by uh, working those emotions out, as opposed to uh, allowing them to continue to fester and to anger you and frustrate you and so forth. All right. Second, second tip I got for you is this subordinate your ego with mental triggers, subordinate your ego with mental triggers. I believe ego is probably the number one downfall of leaders. And it's important that we, that we build out these mechanisms by which we can mentally subordinate our ego. Right. So again, we're in one of those situations where we're feeling frustrated or angry or disappointed and and it's just, you know, emotions are running high. We need a way to calm that down such that we as the leader can can act and respond and conduct ourselves in a rational and calm manner. And so we need these what I call mental triggers to subordinate our ego. So I'll just give you one of mine. Uh, this is a mental trigger that I use 
on a regular basis, multiple times a day as I'm leading a team, I use this mental trigger to subordinate my ego. And that's this. I will just tell myself, and, and sometimes I tell myself out loud, and people even catch me saying it from time to time, but I will tell myself, the team is more important than me. The team is more important than me. And so what that does is it subordinates my ego such that I don't go to the team. And because I have a big ego, I, I drive my ideas to be the best idea and, and just kind of uh, ramrod my ideas through the team or, or what, you know, I want to get their feedback. I want to get their input and so forth. And so I just have to remind myself the team is more important than me. And so when you find yourself in a situation, a high stress situation or an angry, frustrated situation, remind yourself, have this mental trigger. The team is more important than me, right? What, what's more important right now than my anger or my frustration is that I maintain my bearing and that I lead this team calmly, rationally, and get them through this situation or this crisis or, or, um, train them in a way that overcomes this, this frustration or anger that I have as their leader, right? So subordinate your ego with these mental triggers. And then lastly, this, and I sound like a broken record giving you this last tip, but it's so true. The last tip that I can give you here is take good care of yourself. Take good care of yourself. I've said it many, many times on this podcast. If you listen to for any length of time, you've heard me say that your team needs and deserves the very best version of you that is possible. And that very best version of you means that you've gotten adequate rest and sleep, means that you are healthy and you, you're you strong and that you've exercised, that you've eaten well, uh, that you've put into your life the margins, the time, the margins necessary for uh, mental relaxation and recuperation and so forth. And if you will do everything that you can to properly take care of yourself, that will greatly help you in these situations where you're most prone to losing your bearing. Uh, again, if we are exhausted, if we're just, you know, very, very tired and we're at work and kind of a crisis situation uh, uh, happens and it's a situation that we're rather frustrated about because we feel like we've communicated this uh, a number of times. Uh, but because I've communicated it enough, uh, you know, a number of times and, and still people don't understand, it's kind of a crisis situation now. And I'm, ex I'm exhausted anyway, and I haven't eaten today. All of those things put together is just ripe for the idea that I'm going to lose my bearing, that I'm going to react to that situation emotionally. I'm going to say things probably that I will regret. I will certainly say things that will, uh, at a minimum, confuse my team members. It may even uh, scare them. It may be. It may even um, kind of send them on a, on a wrong path, down a wrong path. If I uh, respond and react emotionally rather than calmly and irrationally, or I'm sorry, rationally here. And so, if we will take care of ourselves, then what we're doing is we're taking control of those things that we can control. We can't control a crisis that comes into our team. But we can control how much sleep and rest we got last night. We can control how well we ate today. We can control the the exercise regiment that, that builds a, a strong body and a strong mind. We can control those things. So it's important, third step, third tip here, is just take really, really good care of yourself 
such that you don't find yourself, uh, you know, um, limiting or reducing yourself in terms of uh, your own mental, emotional, and physical state, such as you can handle the pressure of of leadership, right? So those are your three tips. Adapt, uh, sorry, adopt an attitude of extreme ownership, subordinate your ego with mental triggers, and take really good care of yourself. If you'll do those things, then you'll be able to maintain your bearing and your leadership, and you'll find that that's crucial for building, you know, trust and influence within your your team as a leader. So uh, I hope that's helped you. I hope that uh, that's ex- properly explained the word bearing, maintaining your bearing, and I uh, hope those tips are going to help you maintain your bearing as well. Before I depart, again, I just want to mention to you the Leadership Calculator. Be sure you check that out, theleadershipcalculator.com. That will help you calculate your leadership effectiveness and give you a report specific to how you can increase your leadership effectiveness as well. So I hope you will uh, take advantage of that. And until next week, next week, we're going to talk about unselfishness, the U and the acronym JJ did tie a buckle. We're going to talk about unselfishness, super, super critical uh, concept as it relates to great leadership. So be sure you Subscribe to the podcast if you're not so that you don't miss next week's episode until we speak again next week. Be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.